It's like at 100 kilos, um, I wanted to climb Mount Viewer for the first time. And I'm like, I can do that at 100 kilos. So after I lose 42 kilos, that is my goal, to climb the biggest of the Glasshouse Mountains. I, I take my mind somewhere else when there's pain happening or when something's uncomfortable because I've trained for this moment. This is the moment, like all the work's led to this point. And I'll just, I'll take my mind to um, a place, you know, like going back and walking up the mountain at 142 kilos. I tell myself, this was hard, Risha. What you're doing right now isn't hard. This is what you've trained for. Um, I go birth my daughter at 153 kilos in the front seat of my car. That was, that was hard. So I take myself back to these moments that were actually hard, that was challenging. And I'm like, what you're doing right now is not hard. Um, I find that really works. You think of something, and it could be something, someone being nasty to me, telling me I was, you know, keep riding fatso, or, you know, you're never gonna race at this elite level, or, you know what I mean? I take those negative, those horrible things that have happened to me in the past, and I use that to, fuel me. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode, I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life, and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger, and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals you never thought possible. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. I hope you loved our last episode with Travis Island and all things about runs of the world. This will be our last podcast episode for the year and I've left one of the best podcast episodes to date for last. In this conversation, I talk with Sunshine Coast mum, Risha Lewis. I learned about Risha just recently as I was scrolling through Instagram actually and came across the Black Hole 100 2021 race where Risha was leading the women. I'd never heard about Risha before, but something about her fascinated me. So I looked her up and it was then that I discovered Risha had an incredible story to share. You see, Risha only six years ago weighed 142 kilograms and through diet and exercise and seriously hard work, she has lost 75 kilos and risen to the top of the ultra trail running scene. Not only that, she has been involved in other sports such as boxing and mountain running at a high level as well in this six year journey. I sat down with Risha and we candidly spoke about her journey, why it was that Risha knew that she had to change her life and how it was that she went about it, and also the incredible rise to ultra running in which she's taken to and is just excelling at, and what trail running and ultra running means to her. 
this conversation I loved so much because it talks about the human spirit and it talks about, you know, the challenges that a lot of women and mums face as well. You know, when we get comfortable and we might lose ourselves and how sometimes we need to make sure that we put ourselves at the priority and center of our life so that we can be the best version of ourselves for others. I hope you love this conversation with Risha as much as I did. Um, she is so infectious and she's vibrant and as you'll see, full of life. She gets straight into her story before I've even had a chance to ask the questions at the beginning. But it's just how she is. She gets straight into it. She gets the work done and she gets the results. So let me introduce you to Risha Lewis. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Welcome to the RMA podcast, Risha. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I know. I'm excited to have you. Um, I was just talking to you off air about how I came to find out about your story. Um, obviously, it was this year's Black Hole 100 where you were the winner um, of the race. And I, I was like, who? who's this person? I've never heard of Risha before. And, um, and then I looked a bit more into your story and I thought, wow, this, this woman and this mum is super amazing and people need to know about her story. And um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing it here. I know that there's obviously been a long journey um, with your story, but I- I'd like to start back at the beginning when yep. you were a little kid, I like to start here with pretty much every guest. I like to get a little bit of background on the person, um, what their journey, you know, where their journey started. So, you know, when you were a child, where did you grow up and were you active at all and were you a runner? Um, so I live on the Sunshine Coast, Biwa, Sunshine Coast. Um, I was very active as a child, um, fit, healthy, and I was a runner. Like I was good at um, school sports and um, age champion and cross country and that at school um, all through primary school um, horse rider for 12 years soccer player um, so I do have sports in my background um, high school I wasn't really cross country like as you got older um, I was mainly just horse riding so but in primary school yes um, I was very focused on um, sporting events and carnivals and um yeah running high jump long jump all those things um but then as I got older it was mainly just horse riding Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um I've been with my husband since I was 16 yeah and um around 18 I don't know you you turn 18 you start drinking you get a full-time job um you're comfortable in your relationship like so January we've been together 20 years so um yeah, you just get comfortable with one another. You go out, you party, you drink, you eat bad food, um, you go to work hungover. Yeah, you just, things just spiral out of control. And I didn't realise I'd put on so much weight um, until 
I don't know, like six years ago, Australia Day, my family, my sister, a couple of friends, they're like, oh, let's go climb a mountain together. I was like, I can't climb a mountain at 142 kilos. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, come on, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Let's do this. And um, it was horrible. It was horrible. You know, you walk 10 metres and um, I was just so big. Mm-hmm. I'd have to stop and rest and stop and rest and everyone beat me to the top. And that, that was okay. Like, they stopped and they waited for me and they're like, come on, Reach, come on, we can do this. We got to the top. It took, like, 45, 50 minutes to go one way on the gun gun. I don't know if you've done it before. No. Like, it's, like, just a, a small mountain. Um, like, a lot of the kids hike up it. Like, my kids have been hiking up since they're, like, three. My daughter would go up at three. Um, like, it took us ages, but, yeah, she was only three and she can walk all over the top. So to take, yeah, nearly 50 minutes to go one way, and then get to the top. And I was like exhausted. Mm. Um, but it was beautiful. It was stunning. So I got, got down, got home. I um, was exhausted from my outing. Um, but then it hit me. I was just like, this is not good. You know, mm-hmm. you were so unfit, unhealthy, and just a bad role model for my children. Like, you know, my daughter looks back at photos now. She's seven now. At the time, um, when I started, um, she was six months old. Mm. so um she looks back um at photos now and she doesn't that's she, that's not you mommy who is that and yeah, she, yeah. yeah. so my son who's 10 uh, she's like no that's mum that's when she was bigger and so yeah it just hit me like I'm just like oh you know you can't live your life like this this, this is bad mm. and um but I love the mountain like there was just I was drawn to it I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to climb the mountain. And my mum started climbing the mountain with me three mornings a week. And my alarm would go off at 3 a.m. because my husband went to work at 5.30. And I had a, a six-month-old and um, a, so six and three. No, no, he was, he was three and she was six months old when I started. So to have a three-year-old and a six-month-old and your husband going to work at 5.30, I had to get up. I had to get to that mountain. I had to go up and down with my mum in the dark and get home. And then half the time I'd get home and Adam's up and Nevaeh's up and he's giving her a bottle. He's burping her. He's, you know, changing a nappy or putting her back to sleep. Like he was up early also. And then he had to go work 12 hours after that. And then my day started with two young children awake at 5 30 in the morning after I just climbed a mountain at the size I was and so you really come home and you're tired but I committed to that and my mum committed to that and um I think that's a big thing you gotta you gotta want it you gotta commit to it and mm. people are like well you know you you wake up your alarm's going off you're tired you're sore you know it's drizzling outside it's a winter morning and it's yeah. raining what'd yeah. you do and I got up and I did it so my alarm would go off and I, as horrible as it sounds, the hatred for myself um, got me up. Like I'd tell myself, you know, you're overweight, you're ugly, you hate the person you are, get up and do something about it. So I think that for a long time is why I couldn't, I couldn't even talk about it without crying. I feel like I could cry now because. Yeah, I could see you getting all teary now. Yeah. Oh, to tell yourself that you're ugly and you hate yourself every morning at three o'clock um it's hard for 12 months yeah and um you don't really see results either like because i was so big i didn't really notice i'd lost weight until i hit that around 120 kilos so that's like 22 kilos before i noticed like it's like i lost five you know what i mean that's what it felt like i could see everyone else could see it but 
yeah. Um, I mean, 100, but, 142 kilos, did you say you were? Yeah, I was 142 kilos. Um, my biggest, I was 153, mm-hmm. just um, when I was pregnant with Nevaeh. Yeah. So that's as heavy as I got. Yeah. You know, yeah, just. What do you think, um, let's go back to, you know, when you, obviously, you know, we, I wanted to share your story because it is such an inspiring story about how you changed your life and turned it around. And from being someone who was a fit, active, healthy child. um, And you, and you say that, you know, when you got comfortable as an adult um, was when the weight started piling on, like, did you ever really kind of until, until six years ago, when you really hit you climbing that mountain, that, this wasn't how you wanted to live. This wasn't who you were. Was there times before that, 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 that crept in that you were thinking like how, you know, I I guess 142 kilos is really a lot of weight. Like, were you ever like alerted to the fact that your trajectory was heading in a really unhealthy way before that time? Or were you just so comfortable in who you were? I think um, you get comfortable and then, you know, as you go up in sizes, you know, like, I mean, like I'm a size 12, I'm a size 14, I was 16, now I'm buying 18, now I'm buying 24. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just stopped looking at the number, you just bought the next size up and, you know, it was baggier and then you're like, oh, you felt skinnier because, you know, your clothes swim on you more. And, um, but it was uncomfortable to walk. It was uncomfortable to do anything. Yeah. And, um, but you look back at photos, I was always having fun though. Yeah. But to go out and I think the partying, the like the amount of calories and alcohol and coke and then to get up the next day and you're hungover and you feel awful. And so what do you do? You, you eat bad food because you're hungover and you feel awful and you sit in the lounge and you start to come good again, like four in the afternoon. Then you go, oh, okay, well, we're all going out again. Let's do it again. And um, it was a lifestyle thing, I guess it was the lifestyle. Yeah, that you, you sort of thinking. fall into it and then you work Monday to Friday and then some every second Saturday and then you just go to work hungover too. And that, that's horrible too. But um, I knew deep down, I think. Um, but I don't know why I didn't do anything about it because I think over the years you forget how good it feels to be active, to be fit, to be healthy. You forget that feeling and um, you get used to, you know, being sore, being overweight, like struggling and you're know, thinking, oh, well, this is normal. I'm getting older. So when you were on the top of that mountain that first day, you know, six years ago when you climbed that mountain and it was so hard and you got to the top, obviously there was a little thing inside that clicked with you and you said, I don't want to be this person. I want to change for you know myself and for my family and I want to be a healthier version of myself how did you I guess you know you said you went and climbed that mountain three mornings a week with your mom which was just is so beautiful to think that your mom was there with you on that journey as well um she loved it keep going like how did you tell yourself at 142 kilos to keep getting up every day because I can imagine it would not have been an easy thing to do at 142 kilos to be to keep getting up every day. And as you said, not always seeing the results, like what drove you to keep going? Because a lot of people start this. The reason I'm asking this question is a lot of people start this journey with weight loss, wanting to change their life. And then they'll hit a spot where it's hard and they give up. So what, give, yes. kept, what kept you going? Um, 
So I put in little goals, like obviously being 142 kilos, you can't be like, my, my goal was 80 kilos. I wanted to be 80 kilos, but I knew if I focused on 80 kilos, mm. um, like 80 kilos wasn't going to happen in three weeks. It wasn't going to happen yeah. in six months. So to have that focus wasn't good. Mm. So I focused on being 120 kilos. That was my goal. And then I focused on being 100 and I set new goals. Like at 100 kilos, um, I wanted to climb Mount Viewer for the first time. And I'm like, I can do that at 100 kilos. So after I lose 42 kilos, that is my goal to climb the biggest of the Glasshouse Mountains. Mm. And so I just put in place things to work towards. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying everyone falls off the wagon. And, you know, I had days where I'm just like, no, I'm over it. I can't do this. It's hard. And, you know, it hurts and, you know, you just want to eat some bad food. So you do that for a couple of days and you feel miserable and you feel sluggish and you feel, yeah, like, oh, why did I do that? And then, you know, you turned around you're like, oh, no, you know, let's get back into this. Let's do it. I missed them out and I miss feeling good. Mm-hmm. And um, on days that I didn't get up at 3 a.m., there is a couple of times where I'm like, no, I just can't do it today. Or, you know, I'd pull out on mum or she would pull out on me. Mm. Later on that day, I would have to, if my son was at um, daycare, I would have to strap the six-month-old to the front of my chest and I'd have to take her up too. Yeah. So that was even harder at that yeah. size too. So mm. I was like, get up, otherwise you're going to walk with 10 extra kilos later. How do you yeah. feel about that? So, yeah. And you always feel better. Once it's up and it's done, um, yeah, you feel good. And it's routine. Yeah. You know, it gets easier. Yeah. It just put it into routine. Like, I know there's people out there that's like, oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. And it's just routine every day. Like today, I've got a busy day today. So we're doing this and then I've got an appointment at two, one at four, but I've been up early mm-hmm. and I've back in the house. I've done three loads of washing. I've done my 5Ks on the row on my 20 minutes of ads. After this, I'll do a run. Then I'll have my two yep. o'clock appointment. I did groceries after I got the kids to school. Yep. So it's just like, yeah, fitting it all in and making it work. Because yeah. a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I work full time. And I get that too. But like if you work full time, if you work nine to five and you just set an hour, half an hour mm-hmm. every day at yeah. that time, that is what you do no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, um, it it does get hard with friends and catch ups and stuff like that like mm-hmm. um i probably have lost some friends over it and you know that that's hurts that's sad but um i had to do this for myself and mm-hmm. i know some people might say it's selfish like sometimes i did feel selfish at times mm-hmm. but don't feel bad about putting yourself first as a mother as a wife because you deserve to be happy and healthy too and some mm-hmm. time to yourself so don't feel selfish. Like every Christmas morning I get up at 3 a.m. and I go for a run before my kids get out of bed and that's a present to myself. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't feel selfish. And people are like, do you have to train on Christmas Day? I'm like, yeah, it's going to make my Christmas nicer. Yeah. And it's routine. It's routine. I train nearly every day. Yeah. And that's it's keeping that consistency, I think, which is what ends up giving you, you know, results and also is what got you the result of the weight loss. Like you had that consistency, you kept going, even if it meant that you had to go later with your daughter strapped to your chest, 
you were consistent and you kept going. What was, um, I guess during that time, like you mentioned that you lost friends, um, obviously your lifestyle changed. And so I can imagine that you would lose friends or not only did your lifestyle change, maybe you weren't going out drinking and partying as much anymore. Uh, and you were training more, maybe you were, uh, your world was opened up to different types of people, but also, you know, you will get those people that are a little bit, you know, jealous of you. Did you ever get that? Did you ever get people that were like, oh, hang on, now Risha isn't the person that I knew her to be. Um, did that affect your friendships at all? Um, I think I think it does at times because, you know, I have had people say to me in the past, like now, that I used to be fun mm. and I still see myself as fun, but just <laughs> because I don't I go drink half a carton of rum and um, yeah, carry on like I used to when I was 18 and 25 yeah. um I still think I'm fun I just I see life differently now and um like I see we get older like you grow out of that you grow out of that drinking and partying and feeling awful like as you get older you know things hurt and things are harder and you know so to put alcohol and hangover and that on top of you know getting older it's harder to get over a hangover too and it feels yeah. awful and yeah. you're used to feeling good, so yeah. why do that to yourself? I still go out, like, on the, on Saturday, just gone. Um, you know, I get a little bit of anxiety, a bit like, oh, my God, i got to go out um, to a housewarming. And mm. lovely people, mm. you know, it's nice to catch up. But then I know it's going to turn into a late night because mm. my husband still likes to drink and they had a pool, the kids are swimming, having fun. Um, but then I'm thinking, how's that going to affect me and training on Sunday and everyone's like, oh, well, maybe you should just have Sunday off. And like, <laughs> yeah. no, I can't just have Sunday off. Like, it doesn't work like that. But, yeah. you know, I like to get up early, get the training done, get home, spend some time with the family. And I knew going to bed at 1.30, um, you know, I, my parents are there, my sister and husband. You know, I took some people home after um, the housewarming and that's fine. We all live in the area. So it was a bit of a, like, Uber and I don't mind. Yeah, that's but right. I had fun there and I, I took my own food because I'm eating a certain way at the moment and I didn't want to affect that with my training. Mm. So I took my own food, but I did get sucked in by the cheesecake and I know I shouldn't have dairy, but you know, I'm no saint. So I'm like, Oh, you know, I haven't had a treat since Blackpool and that looks yeah. really good, That's but right. no, I shouldn't have dairy. But so yesterday I didn't get up early. I didn't train in the morning. I was a bit moody. And um, so I got some things done around the house and got ready for the week ahead. So I went out and did my half marathon at Kondalua at I think 10 past three in the afternoon and it was a little bit wet and um, a little bit dark towards the end because yeah. running from Broome Pocket through to Condalula and back is um, a bit elevation and very technical and it can be quite dark through there and yep. so run from yeah quarter past three until 5 30 it was lonely and dark and wet so you got it done i got it done so i still had i still got it done so it's still booked in but mm. i prefer to do it in the morning so going out saturday night affected my sunday mm. um training recovery food like yeah. and to eat a certain way i'm like people people are like why are you so hard on yourself why are you so strict and it's not like i feed myself like fuel yourself to perform yeah. tomorrow i yeah. know if I'm going to get the best out of a training session tomorrow, I have to eat right today. And you are what you eat. So mm. tomorrow, yeah, training's already hard. So mm. why make it harder on yourself? How did so, you change that mindset of like, um, 
you know, let's talk about that too, because a lot of um, people's issues with weight gain or even weight loss is around fueling their body with the wrong types of food. I mean, over the journey, obviously, when you had lost the weight and you started to run more and train more, um, you know, did you get advice from a nutritionist about what kind of foods you should eat and how did your, how did your diet look then to what it kind of looks now? I think it's really getting to know yourself and know your body. Mm. Um, and I've still got people helping you. Like my, my running partner, I call him my coach now, Ian Stuck. He's amazing. And uh, I met him out climbing the mountains and this is back when I was like mountain racing and boxing and COVID hit and, there was no boxing. There was no mountain racing. And he'd signed up for Black Hole 100, um, Black Hole 50 last year. And he's like, Risha, you signed up. How about we do some training together? And I've learned so much from him. He's helped me. And I was under fueling every day. And, um, you know, just I was running myself into a hole, really, because I was training really hard and under fueling, um, not listening to my body, not working on recovery. Yeah. Um yeah, so he's helped me and I was the girl that turned up for our first run together, a 35K run at Mapleton. And he's like, Risha, where's your water? He's like, where's your gels? I'm like, and I was like, what's a gel? I, I just, <laughs> aren't we just running? Like, yeah. And he's like, yes, but you need water. I had 500 mils of water. Oh, he's God. Like, yeah, <laughs> so he was just like, so he's um opened me up to this whole new world mm. where, um yeah, so. Mm. So are you, are you like, do you eat everything or are you plant-based or what kind of diet do you? Um, so I've done like the whole keto, I've done paleo, I've done um, many diets. At the moment I am leading into every race. I stick to, well, I wouldn't say vegan. I'd say, I'll say plant-based, plant-based vegan. I do eat fish yep. and salmon and like prawns. Um, I've only had red meat twice in the last seven weeks. Yep. and I try not to have dairy at all. Like, mm-hmm. so you just say uh, with my running too. Like a lot of people, like oh, with the ultra running, I get irritable bowel, and yeah. um, so there's only been one race, one race I've had where I haven't stopped to go to the toilet right. at least once. Yeah. Um, so Ian's helped me with that too, and he's like, okay, Risha, what do you eat the day before? Let's start looking at things, and so we've eliminated gluten, we've eliminated dairy, and I know I shouldn't have either, but you know, every now and then. Yeah. 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 But, um, so I'm pretty much, yeah, pretty much vegan. I'd yeah. say with yeah. some white meat. So I don't, well, I don't even have chicken. So it's just some seafood really. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And you've noticed that's helped you with your performance, like the change in your. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah like over the years, um, like when I was boxing, I broke my hands three times um boxing and so I went and had bone density tests and I thought oh this isn't right what's going on um but every time like watch the game changer so every time I have an injury or something's going on I really look at my diet or look at my training and think what's changed where's things going wrong um something's going on here and then I have tests and but um game changer so I watched the game changer and I was like all right let's try the vegan thing Mm-hmm. So and I felt so powerful. Mm-hmm. Went full vegan for four months, and I felt so powerful, incredible. And um, so I always go back to that now, leading into every race. Yep. yep. Yeah. Great. At least at least two to four weeks out, I will do strict vegan. Mm-hmm. And um, the week of like race week, 
yeah, it's pretty full on. I really watch my sugar intake too, like with Glyphal 100. Yeah, I didn't have any sugar. Like my diet was clean for five weeks leading into Glyphal. And um, I think that really helped too because yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of aid stations um, when I went in, um, Ian was there. And so he had Coke and Solo for me and I hadn't had sugar. So I felt like a, a little kid that had been let loose at a um, birthday like party. the sugar. Yeah. Yes, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. It well, on. It was, <laughs> so um, that was really good. He actually made me up some um, coconut water with honey and salt too. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's amazing. Um, I mean, it's good to know what sort of people are, and everyone's different and what works for one athlete is going to be different for another. But um, it's interesting to know what people's stories are with their, you know, how they like their diet to be and more around the more around the realms of um, performance. Like, so, you know, I like that you said that um, that works for you and you know what you've eliminated things that you know didn't work for you in a race. Yeah. Um, and that's well, going to be different for somebody else, you know? Oh, definitely. Like yeah. I do not carb load. I don't carb load. I have I have low carb, low sugar. And people find that, you know, strange. It's like, Reese, you've got to carb load, especially going to 100Ks. And I was open to people's advice, but yeah. um, I think knowing myself and knowing my body, and I'd worked with Ian um, over the last 18 months. He's helped me so much. And he's like, Reese, you know, you know what you're doing, you know, how many races have you had and you've had good races? He goes, just do you, do yeah. what you've always done. Yeah. And then I was just like, well, the training's done. You know, listen to Ian. He helped me with my tape a week too. And because yeah. I can't just, everyone's like, just do nothing. Mm. I can't do nothing. Uh, no, it's not so, good to just do nothing. Like, you know, well, it's good to have a bit of a leg turnover at least. Yeah, well, my tape a week probably didn't look like anyone else's tape a week. Mm -hmm. um, and see, that was another thing, like I get, not sucked in by Strava, but, um, you know, I get addicted to Strava, like, mm -hmm. and it's not um, performing and, you know, for anyone, it's yeah. me. Like, I'm just like, okay, I pumped out 120 Ks this week, you know, next week, let's make it bigger, let's make it better, let's try harder, let's go to a, a new level. And it comes becomes a competition with myself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, there's weeks you can, you know, hit every training session hard and, you know, good. And then there's weeks where you feel like you're falling apart and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and, but everything looks good on Strava, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, not everything, but <laughs> not everything. But, well, there's been time where I'm like, yeah, I, do, I just get off and I like really zoned in to myself and, um, no, watching my heart rate. See, I didn't even have a heart rate monitor and Ian's like, get a heart rate monitor ratio, track your food. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So he's like helped me a yeah. lot. So um, when you started, like, um, you know, when you lost the weight, um, let's talk about that now. So you lost the weight and obviously how long did it take you to get to that 80 kilos, which was your goal? Um, 80 kilos. So it took me two and a half years. Okay. So when you lost it and you got to 80 kilos, like, you know, in terms of your activity, you obviously climbing the mountain a few times a week. What else did you do to add in to okay. become more of an active lifestyle? Yeah, so um, it started off with three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm -hmm. um, and then it went to five, then it went to seven, and then it went to nine times a week. So the two days my kids, as they got older, were both like Nevaeh, my six-month-old, when, when we started. Mm -hmm. As she got older um, and was going to daycare, I would then go morning and while they were at daycare, yeah. um twice a week so on the tuesday and thursday 
I would double up and climb it twice, not in a row, um, like still early in the morning. Yeah. And then once I dropped them at daycare. So I went from, yeah, three, five, seven, nine times a week. And then there was a local lady running PT sessions, like a group PT. So I'd do, yeah. go to like boot camp. Yeah. Um, so I'd once a week, then twice a week on top of my mountain climbing. And then, yeah, I just slowly added stuff in. I was like, it's not enough. It's not enough. And um, then I'd go mountain drop the kids at school, go to boot camp, then go home and go for a 10K bike ride. And just slowly added stuff and mixed it up. And then, like, it went on to, yeah, once I started climbing Beerware and Tibbergargan and um, Cooch and Twins, I started racing up them, like, flat out. Then I was like, okay, well, King of the Mountain's my goal. I'm going to race King of the Mountain. That was a goal. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just always looked for a new challenge. And then I was like, oh, I might get into some boxing some just for fitness yep. and then you you know you're in the scene you're in that yeah environment and they're like yeah. do you want to have a fight i was like oh god no i can't <laughs> oh, god. God. <laughs> yeah and then i started sparring and then i had seven fights and you know oh, it just wow. yeah and That's then i was incredible. like right into fighting i like loved it like it was terrifying but yeah i think too it's like built your mental strength you you get in that ring you you got to fight like they're coming for you and there's nowhere to hide so <laughs> i can't believe you've got i mean that's like like i wasn't ready for that um you say that you're in the ring fighting but i guess uh, like it's amazing like just hearing you say that like you've come from this person who couldn't almost climb the mountain right yeah. 142 kilos to someone who's fighting in a boxing ring for fun, <laughs> um, for fun everyone. Um, and you know but there's obviously something inside of you that just kept saying I want more I want more and it was I guess I mean what was that what was that feeling that you were chasing all the time um I, it's like a you're on this natural high like hmm. and so many people are like oh I can't do that I can't do that like I was told I couldn't race mountains at uh, elite level yeah. i was told i didn't have it in me to get in the ring and fight and i was told i would struggle to run a 50k ultra yeah. so not not to prove people wrong but i sort of take that as fuel i'm like well watch me let's do this and <laughs> yeah. um yeah so yeah um yeah Wait, anything negative ever said to me i've always taken it as fuel like i'd lost 30 kilos and i was riding my bike one day um and this is after i'd climbed the mountain after i'd gone to a pt session and i've already lost 30 kilos so you're starting to feel good you're like yeah this is happening for me and you're riding your bike and i have someone yelling and i'll keep riding fat so and mm. you know like it, it breaks you inside a little bit you get home and you know i was down for the rest of the day and i cry when my husband got home he's like who is it? You don't even know who it is. Who cares? They don't know who you are. They don't know what you've done. They yeah. don't know your journey or anything. Don't worry about it. So he's like, who cares? So I started just taking negativity as fuel. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And um, yeah. And here you are climbing and here I am. racing ultras and winning them. I mean, when did you sort of realize that I actually think I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I'm going I'm oh. to give, give it a good shot. Like, you know, you obviously signed up um, and I haven't had a really good look at like your journey in terms of your races that you've done, but like, what was the first race you lined up at? After um, Black Hole 50 um, okay. last year. So what was that experience like last year? Um, so 
I was like, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. I get so nervous. I get worked up. It's not, it's, it's not about winning. It's, yeah. it's, I've gone out there. I've trained on the course. I know the course. I know my pace. I, I have a goal and I want to hit that goal. And if I don't, I've failed myself. Mm-hmm. So my goal was five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So I did an under five, um, first ultra, first female, I think six overall. And incredible, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't even cross my mind that I'd place it all. Like I didn't even look at previous times. I'm just like going on my pace and what I can do my training on because we'd run like 40, 40 k's of the course, and then like the first five and last five of the the road section. So you sort of know your pace for the road too. So yep. I was like, yeah, five and a half hours, five forty-five. But anything over that, yeah, I'm gonna be disappointed. So to come in under five, um. Yeah, I was like gobsmacked. But first female, I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is this is pretty exciting. I was like, expecting this. Wait, is there anyone behind me? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, so it was probably um, my worst race because um, I only just started training um, only probably like six weeks out with Ian um, from this, six, eight weeks. So he'd give me advice and helped me, but it's really helped like he's really helped me since this race because I had severe cramping from 17, 17Ks to go. So 30, um, 3Ks, severe cramping. It's just like I'm running, I feel great. And then it hits me, I nearly fall on my face and your whole body is just not working. My legs are cramping and I was like, what's going on? So to run 17Ks with cramping, yeah. like, and, but um, I love it though, the mental strength, you know, to try and, yeah, I, I don't know, you just, just take it. It's like, okay, we'll block this out. This is what's happening now. You know, it's hurting and this is what you're trained for. And this is one of those moments where you got to push through. And yeah. I, a part of me enjoys it a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. It's a, well, um, people that run ultras do. I mean, I've said this before on the podcast that we're all a little bit weird inside, that we have this thing that enjoys the discomfort. Um, yes. And you don't run an ultra unless you kind of like discomfort. <laughs> it's sort of yeah. a given that you're going to get that. Um, at some point in the race, it's no one runs an ultra where it was all smooth sailing the whole way and there's no discomfort. Everybody's going to have no, um, not at all. What do you like? I, I really, it's so interesting you say that. I love that you said that you went out and to do your first fifty k and that you kind of just were surprised by the result. And I guess you know a lot of people would hear this and think, oh well, she's just. Um, a natural gifted athlete and that could be part of the story right that you have this innate ability in you however that's not the full story because we know from what we've just discussed that you've worked really really hard and you've learned some things along the way i mean you said that you didn't know i guess everything when you signed up for that first race and now you've learned more about yourself and how to train and how to fuel and this year obviously you lined up for your first 100k at black yes. hole and I think, you know, thinking back to my um, experience at a few ultras, like even when I did, you know, I'd done UTA zillions of times and then um, lined up for the 100 for the first time and just knew that it was going to be a great day because I'd run so much of the course. I guess for you, that was one um, good thing about running the Black Hole 100 is that you had done parts of the course and obviously in training, but what was it that you'd learnt about yourself from that first 50 there and during your training that maybe you had this little feeling that you might be going to have a good day this year at Black Hall. The 100 was, um, I've done, what have I done, seven or eight 50s? Yeah. 
yeah. and a 60 and um so like i enjoy the 50s i enjoy the 60s i can race race hard um i've nearly won every 50 i've done and i get up the next day and i train nothing changes i get up the next day i run 15 k's and that's good so my biggest fear with the 100 was having some downtime having not being able to train yeah so um but leading into it i didn't, I didn't put pressure on to, on me like the work was done like i'd done back to back long runs and um studied the course like the back of my hand i'd run i'd done the whole course yeah. i'd done the start i've done the middle i'd done the end mm. putting start middle and finish together in your head and telling yourself you're going to run it all as one um race one lot that yeah that scares you a little bit that but it but it also excites you because it's new and you're stepping outside that comfort zone you're you're gonna allow yourself to grow mm. and people like you know they talk about this wall that you hit um during a race and i haven't hit that wall yet and mm. not not saying that i'm disappointed that i didn't hit it but i was like oh i wanted i was looking forward to maybe experiencing that wall and having to push through it but mm. i don't know if it's because um not saying I'm mentally stronger than anyone else but i was just so focused on i'm gonna run 100ks this day mm. like saturday like, i took the race out of it i'm like it's going to be um 100ks so i took the race out of it i'm just like there's no pressure on you mm. you've done the course you know the course you've done the training just relax you know this is the enjoyable part yeah um yeah yeah so i find if you did, if you don't do the training then you're gonna have a hard day that's <laughs> gonna be a horrible day yeah. but um so i just i just wanted to go out and enjoy myself i didn't want to go out too hard i didn't want to go out too fast i just wanted to enjoy mm. running 100ks and i was like pumped so excited and we started and i was chatting to everyone i was um maybe annoying some people i know we one <laughs> <laughs> k kicks over i was like yes beauty let's do this 99 to go team we've got this and they're like laughing and they're like oh, <laughs> so for the first like seven k's i just i just gas bagged and mm. got to condolua did a loop through there and um had my toilet stop so yeah um there's a nice toilet block there so it's good and you know i didn't um you know get flustered with it like i have have in the past i was like oh my god i'm gonna go to the toilet you know and i'll get flustered with it i'm just like it's 100 k's ratio it's a long day you know pretty much just get the shit out of the way now it's all right you got you know still 89 k's to go so yeah. it's all good yeah. and um i think throughout the race anything I wouldn't say bad that happened, but anything that could go, you know, turn into a negative thought, I just turned it around and made it positive. Mm. Like, you know, cause there is times where things hurt and if you focus on that, like, oh God, I got a sore knee, oh, I got a sore knee. You do that for five Ks. Yeah. You're like, you're, 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 you're mentally getting your mind out of the game, like, yeah, yeah. because you're focusing on that. Yeah. And just, I, I take my mind somewhere else when there's pain happening. Or when something's uncomfortable because i've trained for this moment this is the moment like all the works led to this point mm. and i'll just i'll take my mind to um 
a place, you know, like going back and walking up the mountain at 142 kilos. I tell myself, this was hard, Risha. What you're doing right now isn't hard. This is what you've trained for. Um, I go birth my daughter at 153 kilos in the front seat of my car. Um, she was posterior. So naturally in the front seat of my car, like that was, that was hard. So I take myself back to these moments that were actually hard, that was challenging. And I'm like, what you're doing right now is not hard. Mm. So I don't know. Um, I find that really works. You think of something and it could be something, you know, someone being nasty to me, telling me I was, you know, keep riding fat so, or, you know, you're never going to race at this elite level or, you know what I mean? I take those negative, those horrible things that have happened to me in the past and I use that to fuel me to yeah 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 I love that that's that's awesome Um, you know I think you know you say like um you know you've said a few times about how people have said to you you'll never race at this elite level and here you are I mean winning races I mean when you're standing on the start line of a race like do you ever feel that imposter syndrome do you ever feel like you're you don't belong there at the front of that pack. The start line's really hard for me um, because we are in a group. Mm. And yeah, I just, I feel like, like the anxiety, like I can't breathe properly. I get worked up and, mm. you know, the ready, set, go, um, everyone's feet, everyone's breathing. I need to get out, like get in my space and find myself. Yeah. And then I come good. So once I'm out there and it's, it's like a big trail run with yeah. lots of people. Yeah. It's like I take the race out of it. Like if you're like running 50 Ks, like flat out as high as you can and be like, Oh my God, it's a race, the race, the race. You're not going to enjoy it. Like that doesn't yeah. sound enjoying. And you know, you find things when you stress and like going back to my first 50, um, you know, like I was feeling good. I was moving well. They had those cramps, but each checkpoint they're like, Oh, first female, first female, first female. And everyone kept saying that to me. I was like, Oh God, Oh God, yeah. this is like, this wasn't in my plan. Like this didn't even cross my mind. And then, you know, that's all you hear. And then you think, oh, wow, can I actually hold this position? And then that becomes a focus too. And then you feel anxious. You feel like, <gasps> so um, I try not to take any of that in, like, yeah, you know, because that's not going to help you perform well. You know, staying in the zone of, of your race and not yeah. worrying about what's happening around you. And I love it when I looked through some of the photos that you've posted up of Black Hole and like you're smiling in almost every photo. You look like yeah. you're having a good time. And to me, actually looking at that, I, I kind of actually did have that feeling like, wow, I actually haven't seen that a lot in races where there's photos of the first female. And I'll be honest, like you don't see that a lot. So I think it's yeah. so refreshing to see that you're actually enjoying the race, even though you're winning it, like you're enjoying yeah. it, you're taking it in. You're you're not only there for you and your own um, your own goals, but you're there to enjoy the community side of the event and the beautiful nature that you're running alongside. Um, so the, it's just a refreshing take on 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 that. I think in terms of performance, yeah. that we need more women that get out there and enjoy it as well. It's not just about being so narrow and focused on the end result. It's about the whole journey of the race. Oh, yeah. So but, what about um, in terms of the 100K? 
how did you feel it was different to running your 50s and 60s? Like, what did you notice that was different? And what sort of things, I guess, in experiencing your first 100, did you think you might need to change in your mindset or in the way of racing? Um, did you learn anything about yourself in the difference between the 50 and the 100K? Oh, def- definitely. Like, so that's that's the exciting part. The, the finding the new part of you, learning something like... Obviously, I had, like, I took the race out of it. Like, this Saturday, it's like any other training day, but I'm doing 100Ks. So I had that locked in. So um, that's what I was doing. I'm going to enjoy it. It's a long day. Pace yourself. But not saying it's easier than a 50 or 60, but I felt like I didn't have to try as hard. I know that that sounds horrible. Like, 50, like, oh, it's 50, you know, you've got to be in and out of those checkpoints as quick as possible and, you know, yeah. I don't know. I felt like I well, could run. Right. You're moving slower, I guess. You're moving way. slower. Yeah. yeah. You're not. You're not gassing yourself, and that's what I love. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like you could run forever. Yeah. And yeah. You know, um, there was a couple of times I had like some really bad salt marks on my black tights. So a couple of creek frostings. I sort of washed them off a little bit and kept going. And um, but just I think when you're out there and there's so many other people running, you know, you're encouraging them and, um, you know, you see people cramping and stuff and yeah, you, you give them a high five, you give them like, come on, buddy, you got this, you know, and um, they love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just supporting one another. And, um, and then there's times where you, you're by yourself, you're just by yourself for K's and K's. You're just like, there's no one else around. You're just like, what do you think um, about when you're by yourself for that long? Um, well, I have my music in and um, I just have my playlists on shuffle and, you know, there is some, some like boxing music in there. So it's really like doof, doof and like, you know, like, yes, yes, like we're doing this. And then um, because it's on shuffle, I do have some of my kids' music on there. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, you get a bit of frozen, like I get a bit of let it go happening. And um, <laughs> most people just skip to the next one, but it's 100Ks and, you know, that made me think of my daughter. And oh, so you're running that. along thinking your daughter while you listen to Frozen. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, there's... You know, um, I think it's Guy Sebastian. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, is it happiness or something? Or yeah, yeah, don't yeah, worry, yeah. be happy or something. So yeah. you're just like, well, don't worry, you know. You're still moving and you're happy. So enjoy it. Like, I don't know, they just spark different things um, throughout your journey too. Like I've got some, like, some sad stuff too. And so a different song will spark a different moment throughout your journey or your life. Um, and, you know, bring back memories so yeah i suppose it's like a emotional roller coaster 100k run and there's there's highs and lows but um i find i I wasn't gonna let anything ruin my day and that's i told myself that um like my garmin died forever didn't break or go flat died forever i had to buy a new one at 60ks and i've never done a race longer than 60ks so um and so Breda talked blind. on yeah, well, yeah, well Breda talked on his podcast um from like Brett from Run Queensland that a lot of people are entering the um like unknown territory in the hundred Ks from the sixty K mark. Yeah. And for my watch to break at sixty Ks, yeah. Um I couldn't watch my heart. I couldn't watch my pacing. I didn't know what what time I, it was. Yeah. So and I was like, just embrace it, go with it. 
go on Heath Hill. Yeah, you're 60Ks in, you don't need your watch. And for a couple of Ks, I was a little bit like, oh my God, what pace am I? What's my heart doing? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You're moving, you're moving well when you're at 60Ks. Yeah. And just constantly checking in with yourself, like ankles, knees, hips. Um, you, you feel good. Ankles are good. Knees are good. Hips are good. Oh, yeah. A little bit sore, but, you know, you're 60, 70, 80 Ks in. That's natural. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and just enjoyed so it. You finished the race, first female. And, um, and um, you broke a record. You broke the record that was standing <laughs> See, that's another thing, too. I, because I couldn't look at my watch. I didn't even know what the record was because I didn't even like look it up yeah, um yeah. so i went with like last year i'm like okay so i ran it in just under five so i'll double that add an hour i'm like oh 11 yeah yeah what about that but i had two hours so i'm like surely i can do it under 12 like i'm giving myself an extra two hours yeah so um so anything under 12 was my goal uh, anything if i come in over 12 then i was going to be angry at myself disappointed i'd failed myself and you know, people probably see that as being a bit harsh, but without putting goals in, like that just, yeah, mm. allows you to grow. Mm. And um, yeah. yeah, it's not about being the best at anything, but um, when I'm committed, it's it's 110%, 110%. Like mm. it's all or nothing with any sport with mm. me or anything. Yeah, once I'm committed, I'm in. So what and was your time? In the end, what was um, the time? 10, 10.41. Wow. 10.41, 46 seconds or something. Incredible. Um, were you surprised? So, so you didn't have a watch, so were you surprised when you finished? Um, was I, I was surprised. I was just like, I don't know, it's sort of like an out-of-body experience. Like at 80 Ks, I was just like, it was almost like I was on the sideline watching myself running, if that makes sense. I'm just like... Yeah. Your 80k's in you're still moving you still feel good and you're still like la da like yeah yeah having fun i don't know it was just yeah it felt really amazing to be moving so well mm. um at 80k's or like the whole race really like yes my hips did get a little bit sore and you know your knees and but i don't know i just didn't focus on it at all i was like i'll let it go you know it's yeah. fine keep yeah. moving um just keep your calories going in and um yeah but it wasn't until the the fifth checkpoint so oh the fifth so the fourth so you run back through the fourth so fourth fifth then you go back through the fourth before you go to the finish line mm -hmm. um so that's just at 92 k's mm -hmm. so just prior to that checkpoint at 90 k so there's a sign on the tree and um it says 90 k so you're 10 k's to go wow. and that was the only moment like the only point in the race where i had a moment where i actually slapped myself in the face mm -hmm. and it was quite hard like whack um because i got to that sign i was like oh my god i got 10ks 10ks to go and then i was ticking over i'm like you're 90ks in you got 10ks to go you usually run a 10ks at yeah. this pace and this time oh my god am i still running for over an hour am i running for under an hour and i started thinking about it then and that's like questioning yourself and putting doubt in yourself that's why i slapped myself yeah because i'm like you've done 90 k's and i slapped myself in the face i'm like pull your shit together <laughs> so um i get to the checkpoint and ian's there and Ange, and um he's like you're under course record you got this mate and it wasn't until that point eight k's out that i knew i was under course record i didn't know what the course record was but i knew i was under 
And so that just gave you an extra buzz. I just, that was just, yeah, another gear, I should say. Yeah. So I left that checkpoint pretty excited. And I was like, how many more players? He's like, eight, eight, easy, mate, easy, you got this. And I was like, yes, let's do this. And I like ran out of there. And um, like a K and a half later, I fall on my face. But I was okay. That was, that was okay. So I got up and I kept running. And from that point, um, I was still really friendly to everyone. But I was like, out of my way, I'm okay. coming through. Yeah. I'm like, excuse me, I'm coming through. <laughs> I'm I was still really through. nice to everyone. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I was yelling at people. Because like there was times like going up the bluff and um Uber G, like the little bluff, and people have their music on too. So they yeah. don't hear you. So a couple of times I had to tap people on yeah. their shoulder and be like, excuse me, can I stay past? Um so I was like full on screaming. Yeah. yeah. So I did I did see Sam. He got third, third yep. male overall. So I did see him and um he did turn around. I was probably like two hundred meters beyond him. He's like, Hey Risha. Oh, I'm like, hey come. Sam. <laughs> and um but he he's a good road runner too. So once he hit yeah. that row, because I have this um reputation of um what were previous ultras that I sort of warm into the first 20 30 k's and then round everyone up at the end okay so um he would have been like oh god here she comes she's gonna <laughs> round me up so but he, he just like took off so i'm oh, like okay you can have it sam so uh, i just like yeah uh, i don't know if that's what he thought but yeah once we hit the road section he was like out of there he was like <laughs> okay she's not catching me <laughs> yeah i bet i love too that um you know you beat that record and it's quite a long-standing one from shona and have you oh, met Shona? Shona's just incredible. She's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, and she would just love that, that, that you did that. Knowing, oh, she, I mean, we've had her on the podcast. Um, she's a huge um, supporter of RMA and women running, especially trails. And um, she would just be stoked to know that somebody with your story has done that. I mean, it's incredible. And in fact, you, when you said you slapped your face, that's something that Shona does. <laughs> she can do that in her races as well to keep herself going. Um, yeah. She said that on the podcast. So, you know, it's, um, I think it's great to know that too. Like you were so close to the end and not knowing you've got no watch and, but I guess running in your own way as well and just within yourself and you're focused and then to know that you had that in your sights and you, you could have told yourself, oh my gosh, like, you know, that negative story, you could have said, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, but you didn't, you, you just you pulled it out. Turn. Like, you know, you could have yeah. told yourself the opposite, but you didn't. You turned it around yeah. and said, I'm going to do this and you did. So well done oh, to you. It was just like, I don't know, like goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, no, I was like, what, 14 days ago now, two weeks ago? And um, like I was on a high for days. I was just like, I didn't sleep mm-hmm. until like Monday pretty much. I think I had nine hours sleep mm-hmm. from the Saturday to the Monday. I was just like, oh, I just feel, yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't know. What do you think is like, you know, a lot of women stop themselves from achieving goals because they tell themselves these negative stories and, or they say, oh, I couldn't, you know, even like yourself, but, you know, when you, before you lost all that weight, you could have told yourself, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Or when you did lose some weight, I'll never run trails i'll never run 50ks i'll never yeah. run 100ks like what do you think is the biggest barrier to women achieving their goals um i think a lot of women um you know especially if they're married and have children feel selfish feel like yeah um i don't know why they wouldn't feel like they deserve to 
be able to train and go out and achieve things. Like it's like I'm a I'm a wife, I'm a mother now. This is this is my job. Um, but another thing is too, I think a lot of them don't want to do things by themselves. And see, that was another part of my journey too, where there was times when mum couldn't come or my sisters couldn't come in the afternoon or, you know, you couldn't do, okay, we're going to climb you are, we're going to do this. And then someone's like, oh no, I can't go now. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to go because yeah. so-and-so is not going. So as soon as you start doing it anyway on your own, so you're stepping outside your comfort zone. It's I think you got to continue to step outside your comfort zone yeah. in order to grow. Yeah. And why sit there and be like, oh, I can't do that. That's that's you putting yourself down right there. Mm. There's no such thing as can't, mm. try, can, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like you got to tell yourself, you got to believe within yourself that you can do these things mm. um, and tell yourself, yeah, i got this. And even when you don't got this, you got this. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, times you go out for a run, you're like, okay, I'm going to run 15 k's today, and you get eight in, you're like, okay, I haven't got this today, and that's okay. It's okay to have those days, but don't don't focus on the bad days. Don't be like, oh, you know, I tried to run 15, you know, last Wednesday, and I couldn't, so I'm not going to try again this week. You know, if it's in your program to run 15 Ks on a Wednesday and there's nothing wrong with you, if you are, haven't got your periods, you're, you're not, you're not sick and you're, you haven't, you're not injured. Um, there's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah. You know, so you go out and you do that. Just get out there and do it. And mm. a lot of people are like, oh, Reese, you run by yourself. And I do a, a lot of training sessions by myself. And see, that's another thing too. They're like, oh, it's not safe. My mum worries about me all the time. And I'm like, mum, are you serious? I don't think there is a psycho sitting out in the middle of Mapleton waiting for a female to run past by herself. Mm. Like, I think it's very highly unlikely that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's not going to happen and you need to be cautious and safe and, you know, and I do certain things to keep myself safe. Like, mm. you know, I don't know who's following me on Strava and I, I never make my training sessions, training weeks the same. I never run the same place every Tuesday at the same time. Um, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you just get out there and you do it anyway. And like running, even if you run at Malulaba or run, you know, from your house, there's people driving around. Yeah. There's people out walking their dog. You're safe. I think you... Yeah, you find different things about yourself when you go out and run by yourself too. Like, yeah, people, mothers especially forget, like, that, you know, they deserve time for themselves and, um, you know, they need to feel good about themselves. Because, you know, as, you know, I've been overweight, I've had children, you know, your body doesn't look like it does when you were 20 or, you know, 15 or whatever, when you met your husband or before you had kids and, um, I think it's important to stay healthy and be a good role model for your children too. And yeah. um, if you feel good, um, you're happy too and mm. your kids are happy. So, Absolutely. I mean, what, what advice would you give women that were in a, or are in a similar situation that you were that want to change their life, that maybe, uh, you know, they might be, you know, heavily overweight they might be just um unfit they might want to start running and they don't know where to start um 
they want to train for 50 kilometers, but they've never run on trails. I mean, what advice would you give those women on how to start? On how to start? Well, get out there to start with. You have yeah. to put the shoes on and get out there and mm-hmm. see so many people like, oh, I'll start next week. I'll start tomorrow. And, and don't concentrate on the scales. Like, is it, mm-hmm. you know, I did for years. I did for years and especially with boxing too because you have to you know you have to cut weight you have to dehydrate yourself you have to make weight so I was focused on the scales and it wasn't because you know I was I'm worried about putting on weight yeah. I, like I'm not worried about putting on weight and you know I was concerned for a long time I had to you know be 65 kilos I felt good at 65 kilos I raced better at 65 kilos black all 100 I went in I listened to Ian he's like Rachel you gotta stay well hydrated go in heavy go in I went in at 68 kilos the heaviest I have been for any of my ultras and it's been the best performance mm-hmm. um but don't focus on the scales yeah because it's just a number at the end of the day go on how you feel how your clothes feel and um just get out there like so and don't don't make it a chore. Don't don't tell yourself it's going to be awful. Don't tell yourself that you can't do it because you before you even put your shoes on, before you even get out that door, you're talking, you're saying horrible things to yourself. Just be like, okay, well I'm going to get out, and you know my goal is to see. That's where the running started when I got back into the running. Like I'm like, okay, well I'll sign up for a five k event. I'll sign up for a ten. I'll sign up for a twenty one, and then it sort of went on from that. Yeah. But um. Yeah. You know, with the, with the mountain background um because like i run up and down them so that's all technical and it's like trail too so um the elevation stuff and the trails were easy for me to adjust to with all that training um yeah but i think if you are gonna go from road to uh, trail and especially with elevation you get out there on the trails or you go to mount coolum or beer barm or whatever mountain you have in your area and you start climbing them yeah and then you you work your way up you know you're like okay well i go up in 15 minutes so my goal is under 15 next next week um but i think just get out there you know and it's at, at the end of the day it's up to you to it's it's how bad you want it mm. and some people don't want it enough um, but some people don't have the support either. If you don't have a supportive yeah. husband or a supportive family, then that is going to be really tough for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have supportive friends, well, maybe find some new friends because if your friends aren't going to support you, then they're, they're not really friends. Yeah. Um, because they should want you to be happy. They should want to see you um, fulfill your dreams, your goals, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of your success, I guess, in, in your racing so far has been the fact that you have found a community of people that do support you. I mean, you've talked about your friend and coach Ian and how that's changed the way that you race and the way that you perform just by having someone in your corner that can help you and you can bounce ideas off and, you know, yeah. how about you try this? How about you try that? Like, you know, I think that's one of the main things for women is that they feel, I guess, you know, if it's something new to them, particularly trail running, can feel overwhelming and can feel scary you know not only do we live in australia where we have dangerous animals 
snakes, whatever. They all they all think those things. So they straight away think the negative. But yeah, they go you know, straight to the negative. Straight to the yeah. negative. Or I can't possibly run up a mountain. Though. But you don't need to think about running up a mountain. You're just thinking about moving your feet along the trails. It's just about moving. So moving, yeah. starting slow and working your way up. So starting on a, you know, I say to girls that want to start trail running, find an easy dirt path to start on. Start on the dirt, then find something a little bit more like a fire trail and start on there. Then move to a technical trail and get used to that. And once you've mastered that, then you can add in the elevation, you know. So it's just yeah. about moving through. But also find people. I mean, there's plenty of groups you can join. Obviously, RMA is a huge one all over the country. You can network with all the different women here. But there's obviously so many trail running groups and up your way there's heaps of groups of women that get together to train um, oh definitely and definitely finding someone that trains it. around your pace too yeah. at your level is really important yeah. um I, I i do think it's important to then get out and do it by yourself because you're allowing yourself to grow and step outside that comfort zone and then you know if something falls apart in the group and they're just like oh no we're actually not going this sunday now and then you're like oh well i've got sunday off because we're not going you can still go out and do it, yeah. do it or uh, something similar by yourself. Yeah. You got to get used to not relying on other people too. Yeah. Um, I Cause I found that was a big thing where, yeah, I wouldn't do stuff because someone else wasn't doing it. Mm. And there's no reason why you can't. Mm. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable going out on the trails by yourself, then don't go run along the beach or, yeah. you know, at least get out and do something, go to the pool and do laps. That's really good for you. Yeah. You know, like you, that's another important thing. If you don't like running, then don't do it. Well, that's you don't. If you don't like rowing, don't do it. Find something you actually enjoy, something that excites you, something that you want to do. And yeah, well, I think you know, not everybody is a born runner or wants to be a runner, and that's okay. Just agree with. But you. anyone can yeah. run. Yeah, anyone. Anyone can. can run. Any size, any age. Yep. And at any pace. That's yep. what I love about running too. It doesn't matter if you're a front, middle or backpacker. Anyone can do it. And it doesn't matter your age. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. and you meet some amazing people out there and they're just so supportive. Obviously, you've learned a lot about yourself over the years and how to train. But what, obviously, there's still things that you would probably struggle with. Like, what's the hardest thing about training for stuff now for you? Um, hardest thing about training... I don't know. Oh, well, someone, if I don't have anything locked in, um, getting up and getting the kids off to school and juggling your day, but then working out what you actually want to do, like that is hard for me. I'm like, oh, do I want to row? Do I want to run? Do I want to climb 15 mountains? You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes, I don't know, you want to do them all, but yeah. you're going to feel tomorrow. So trying to... um probably work out a, a program I can stick to without overdoing it and without underdoing it. Something that's going to satisfy me each day, yeah. um, but not break me Thank too. You. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like routine. Like, so at the moment, like this morning, I got up and rode my 5K. So, and that's what I say to females too, especially mums. Um, if you row properly and engage your core, like a lot of running, like you need core strength. That's going to make your running stronger mm. and you get that on the rower and you get low impact on your ankles, knees and hips. So I do a lot of rowing mm -hmm. um, and engage your core. So 
I'll do 20 minutes on the rower, 5Ks, and then I'll do 20 minutes of abs once I get off the rower. And um, I will do that. Well, it's sort of locked into my program now because last year I was doing less Ks and doing more rowing and sort of cross training. And I was, I felt like I was a stronger runner then. Yeah. So leading into Blackhall, I went back to my cross training mm-hmm. and um, then stuck to my diet and stuck to my taper week and just, yeah, I felt like everything worked so much better. Mm-hmm. But really the rower, get on the rower. If you have a rower, go to the gym, ladies, get on the rower and engage that core and make it stronger because after childbirth and, um, you know, we get older, it gets weak. And, it, mm. yeah, to be a strong runner, you need a strong core. Yeah. It's not just legs. You need a strong core. I agree. And, like, you know, cross-training is hugely important, especially for people doing ultras. I mean, yeah, really the thing that's going to carry you, I mean, your body's carrying you the whole yeah, way, but it's that core strength that's carrying yeah, you well, all that way. So You can't just have strong legs. You've got to have a strong legs, strong core, and a strong mind. Yeah. Like, um, you... Yeah, you got to be built yeah. strong. Well, it sounds like you've definitely <laughs> gained yourself an amazing mind and strong, resilient body and mind over this journey. Um, but we'll finish up with the RMA hot lap, which I always ask each guest, which is a few quick questions at the end, um, just about you. So my first question is, what is your favourite race to date that you have done and why? Oh, so I love the Guzzler, um, Brisbane, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mount Cuther. And everyone's like, oh, why? It's so hard. It's, yeah. not, it's, like, it's not very scenic. It's not like beautiful, like Coastal High or UTA or Blackhall. Um, but I, it, it's, it's hilly. It's the elevation. I love the elevation, the open fire trails. Like, it's, it's tough. So, yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I like tough. Yeah. Like. Sounds like you like tough. <laughs> You're good at tough. Okay. Well then what is your bucket list event then? What would you like to do in your time as a runner that you really have on the top of your bucket list? I don't know. I've got so many things I want to do. I want to like obviously race overseas and qualify for different events and like, um, Sounds like UTMBs so, on your list, perhaps. If you it like is, it, it is, it is. So maybe in like, oh, I've got to qualify, so I don't know. Um, I'll look at yeah. doing um, Tirawera in February, 102. Yeah. I'll right. do um, BTU, 110, Blackhall, 100, and then I'll do some 50s in between. Um, unfinished business at UTA. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a shocking run this year. Okay. Um, back next yeah, year. just, pardon? Come back next year, although that's just... Oh, like- yeah, there's, there's unfinished business, so I wasn't happy. Um, not so much my position. Like, to come fourth overall for females in the 50 was, you know, good and 19th, but it was just, yeah, I didn't come in between my time bracket and I had four toilet stops. The belly was really upset. And um, so, yeah, I feel like it's unfinished business. So next year, I'll just, I'll stick to the around the 100Ks, um, hopefully go on to the milers the year after. Um, but still there's like little things, little goals that I have, like Mount Beer was the highest of the Glasshouse Mountains and, you know, it's, well, it, I can do it in a sub 30 from start to top to bottom. So my goal is to go out and run it 13 times in under seven hours as a half marathon. Okay. Um, 
So that's on my bucket list. So that probably isn't on many people's bucket list, but that's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard because it's like 556 high and you're like rock climbing like a a monkey. It's it's scary. Like Mm. people climb it, then we'll never go back and climb it. You know, it's the one that's always on the news where people are getting airlifted off. Well, um, I think that's your secret, Risha, to like doing so well in performing so well is you've got that mental toughness. And I think that not everybody has that. It's something you need to develop and train yourself yeah. for. And I think you've definitely got that in space, um, which is so incredible. I want to be more like you when I grow up. <laughs> um on that note, um, who do you want to be more like? Like, who inspires you the most to keep going? I don't, I, I don't know. I look at so many different people and um, you look at them and think, oh, they're amazing. I couldn't be like that. But then that's me going against everything I've just told you, you know. Yeah. And I say to myself, why, why can't you be like them? And then if someone, like, like, obviously comes in before you in a race, like, obviously the three guys that beat me in the race, I know they're male, but you know, I look at them and like, you know, like that's your goal. Like they beat you that day. And so I feel like they're on uh, another level. And so there's, there's always room for improving yourself when someone beats you and there's a lesson to be learned and there's room to grow. But, um, Oh, there's so many people. I don't know. Like I, I look at Lucy Bartholomew and I wanted her to race this year. I really yeah. wanted her to race. So um, I look year, forward maybe. to racing her and um, yeah. Um, but even like Ruth Crock and um, like, yeah. yeah, I just follow heaps of people and yeah. Okay. Um, so I think I know what the answer is going to be. Maybe I'm not going to know. What do you <laughs> prefer uphill or downhill? Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a, yeah, I love up, but then you fly down. So I don't, well, you love the up. I, I love the up, but um, I don't know. You sort of catch your breath on the down, so <laughs> and get ready for the flat. So. I think you're going to be pretty good on the up. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, okay. The last question is if you look back at your journey, what do you think is the one thing that you're proud of the most? I know, I've achieved so much. I've put so many things in, in place. I've had so many goals and I sort of like feel like I've, I've hit most of them. But um, I'm, saying I'm, proud. I'm just thankful. You know, it doesn't matter. My husband has just adored me, like right from the start. Like yeah. at 16, like he asked me out. But you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what I do or what size I was he's just he's always adored me he's just loved me and so supportive mm. so supportive and see a lot of people don't have that he's just always supported me and I think that's um yeah a big part of this journey too like yeah, yeah I'm just really lucky to have him oh that's so beautiful oh well I'm so excited to follow on <laughs> The rest of your journey and keep watching you grow and evolve and put yourself out of your comfort zone more and more and where can people follow along your journey if they'd like to um i've, I've got my facebook account or an instagram account it's just under my name but eventually i think i'm gonna to have to look at separating maybe um a, a private and a like athletes one i've been told yep. that a few times yep. um so Although I think sometimes it's good though, you know, like if you just have, you know, I mean, people like Lucy have their own private Instagram, which is 
joined with the athlete one. You know, it's like as an authentic person behind the square, <laughs> the, the Instagram square, you know, there's an actual person there. And I think it's good, you know, when people follow your story to know that's exactly who you are. You're just an authentic person who's doing amazing things. And it's good to share your journey in that way, to share the highs, to share the lows. Cause as we know, it's not all easy. Um, oh, it's not, work no. hard. So, so but I without think, the highs, without the um, lows, you can't really appreciate the highs. Absolutely. And um, yeah. So, you know, just um, sharing in your story is great because it's inspiring so many people at the moment. Um, I know. I didn't expect it to like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I just didn't I know, expect it to be like, like this. That's kind of a good thing, isn't it? Like that you didn't expect it. <laughs> like I don't know. I sort of turn up to your first ultra and you don't expect to like win or do well and then like to back it up. Like I did three in six weeks and mm. won all three of them. And then people were like, oh, who's this girl? And people start following you and people, mm. I don't know, you sort of turn up to an event now and people know who you are and it's um, it's it's, it's just different. Like, yeah. Um, well, I like it. It's nice. I like being like sort of not unknown, but like just mm. no expectations. Just on the start line, and mm. you know, I sort of get the obvious here. She's going to try and kick everyone's ass, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> well, <I laughs> and that's like keeping the... yourself, keeping your authentic self, and um, you know, I think that's why people have gravitated towards your story is because you are like that. You are kind of just. And you were unassuming you know you just rocked up because you wanted to have a great day and have a yeah. good race for you and it just worked out that you ended up being the winner so you know I'm, I think um just keep doing that and results aside um I think you've made a huge impact on on your own life and your families and other people's journeys as well when they hear and sharing your story I think it's incredible what you have done um and you continue to do and just keep doing it be a shining light for all the other women out there thank you i hope so yeah but anyone can do it anyone yeah yeah well i hope you loved that episode with risha lewis what an inspiring story that was if you would like to follow along risha's journey you can do so on instagram at risha lewis and i'll put that in the show notes I look forward to seeing Risha participating at some trail events around the country in 2022. This is the last podcast episode for the first season of the RMA podcast, which has been an incredible journey and I'd like to thank everybody for coming on board. I'll be having a much needed break over the Christmas break and also into the new year and hopefully the podcast will be returning late January, early February. If you have a story that you would love me to share, please email it to me at runningmumsaustralia at gmail.com and I would love to share it on this podcast. You can also now purchase an RMA membership for 2022. The member benefit program has opened, so please head to our website, which is www.runningmumsaustralia.com.au and all the details are there. And I'd like to thank all of our brand sponsors and event partners who have come on board this year. I'd also like to give a shout out to PhysioCram Australia who has been our major sponsor for season one of the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Please head to physiocram.com.au and support them as well. 
For now, I'd like to wish you all a safe and happy festive season, a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and I look forward to sharing in the podcast journey with you in 2022.